Well, hello and welcome to the chapel. Pastor Mark here, joined by Pastor Jay at one of our personal all-time favorite locations, Cedar Point. As we continue to go into our genuine message series, as we're looking at Romans 12 together. But here at the chapel, we are actually um, all about helping you take a next step closer to God and each other through Christ. And so today, we want to encourage you to actually actively participate in the message. All you got to do is pull out your phone, and throughout the message, we're going to give you different opportunities to respond by simply texting a number on the screen um, to respond and let us know how you feel about the different things we're going to be talking about today. Kids, this is also a great time for you to grab moms or dads or grandparents' phones and participate as well to let us know how you feel. And so we're going to start right off with a very simple question for you. And we'll put the number on and all you got to do is text the number one, two, three, or four. And the question is simply this, what campus do you usually attend at the chapel? So if you're usually a Sandusky attender, just simply text the number one to the number on the screen. If you're a Norwalk attendee, uh, text the number two. If you usually join Pastor Ryan and Port Clinton, text the number three. Or maybe you're just an online watcher. Maybe you're not usually attending our campuses or you're still checking us out. Well, then simply text the number four on the screen. Thanks, Mark. Hey, how cool is it that we get to share with you from Cedar Point, one of my favorite places. I grew up in the area, and it's just, it's amazing to be here. We're in the book of Romans, and uh, Pastor Eric talked about it a couple weeks ago, but you know, a number of Paul's letters, he begins with theology and then works his way toward how do you live out that theology. So in Romans chapters 1 through 11, it's theology. We are separated from God. God God made a way back to himself through Jesus Christ. Chapters 12 through 16 is how do you live out that faith the application of it the rubber has to hit the road mark correct and i'm i'm very passionate about faith being put into action i think uh, good theology is important and it's rock solid uh, ground that we need to stand on but to me it's also like coming to see the point and if you are just walking around the park having a great time and you're admiring all the rides and you're even um, learning about the different loops that are you going to experience on a ride and maybe you even talk to people about afterwards and say hey how was your experience tell me more about what you experienced but you would never actually go on a roller coaster well that's how i feel like when we only learn about the theology and never put it into action. And so two weeks ago, Pastor Eric and Pastor Charles started us off with what love and action looks like. And then last weekend, uh, Pastor Todd and Pastor Ryan shared with us about work and how we work to the glory of God and what that looks like in action. And today we're going to have another theme. Yeah, so it brings us to verses 12 through 13. And I have it right here. It goes like this. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. That's verse 12. Verse 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. If you were to put that into one big idea, it might be this, care for your own soul. That's verse 12. And then, and care for others. That's verse 13. Correct. And so we're going to start off in verse 12. That is really a very amazing caring for ourselves, where the Apostle Paul gives us three very distinct messages, right? He says, rejoice in confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. 
Now, let me say this right off the bat. These are not the most easiest instructions to follow. And I hope throughout this message, we can help you unveil some of that and what that looks like and how you can apply that to your life. Because I don't think Apostle Paul is giving us another to-do list. I think he's giving us a, man, I, God has done so much for me. I love him so much, I want to do those things. But Jay, I know you noticed something very different about this verse. Yeah, not so much different that it, it just, I, I think it's the way Paul brings it out. In the English, it's, it looks like a command, and it is in a sense, but in the original language, Paul puts it in what's called a present active participle. You don't need to remember that, but what he means is just keep on. Uh, keep on. Um, rejoicing in your confident hope. Keep on being patient in trouble. Keep on praying. In other words, press on. That's how we care for our soul. That's verse 12. Correct. And when I think about those three different tools, I really think about them, about tools, about when we're facing trouble and difficulty, how do we respond? And what's interesting to me about those is that they're really all intertwined, right? And they're mm. even a little bit counterintuitive. I mean, usually when we're, when we're in troubles, we're not necessarily rejoicing in hope or, or, or even um, thinking about uh, keeping on praying. We may say a quick prayer up to God and say, hey, help, but we don't really do that on a continual basis or even being patient in trouble doesn't naturally come to us, which is why I think the Apostle Paul pulls it out in this verse and says, hey, just like, like a rope that has three strings, if you do those three things, if you use those three tools, man, like you're gonna be so much stronger going through this difficult time. Yeah, and those three are so intertwined, they prepare us for verse 13, which is caring for others. Yeah. But let's break those three down in verse 12 first. The first one is rejoice in hope. I love the word hope, Mark, I know you do too. Hope is uh, what casts out despair. I mean, it, hope is what keeps a, a losing team on the field. Hope is what helps a husband and wife work through their marriage. Um, in the background, you'll probably hear noises and see things going by. We're at Cedar Point. They're all hoping Cedar Point is going to open soon. We do too. So that's hope. Mark, I heard the other day from a friend who lost his job because of COVID-19, and you don't need to scratch very deep or search very far to find people who have been negatively impacted by COVID. And we hope there is a cure soon. We hope that all this goes away. We hope our economy recovers. We hope, we hope, we hope. Paul says, rejoice in your confident hope. And what Paul has in mind is a deeper, richer, more profound kind of hope. And that is God himself. When he says rejoice in your confident hope, he means God. And I wonder if when the Romans were reading this letter for the first time, chapter 12, did their minds race back to chapter 8 mm -hmm. like mine does at times? You know, when we go through hard times, this one verse tends to come to people's minds. Mm -hmm. You have it right there. Yeah, it's uh, Romans 8:28, And it says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose for them. Sometimes we can fly right over that, but God works everything for our good, for those who are his children, yeah. everything. I mean, some versions say all things, not just some things, but all things. And I don't know exactly how that works, Mark. God is God and I am not, but God sees what I don't. He knows what I don't. He calls us to trust him. We are to rejoice in our confident hope. God has a plan. I, I think of Jesus on the cross. I mean, despair just settled on everybody when that happened, when Jesus died and, and hope flew out the window. But when Jesus rose from the dead, hope reigned on everybody. Yeah. 
that's because God had a plan all along. And you know, when we're going through troubles, when we're going through hard times, God has a plan for you. And so Paul says, rejoice, be joyful in your confident hope, who is God himself. And because God gave us this hope and because we can have this hope, he adds another tool right after that. And that is be patient in trouble. Mm. And when I think about it, it immediately reminded me about what it, Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, when he says, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Mm. And it's interesting because the same word that Jesus used is ex exactly the same word that Paul uses in our verses today. He uses the word trouble, which in other words can also mean tribulation. Yeah, you know, I hear the word tribulation. I think, oh, the great tribulation. I, that's a heavy word. Do you think we're going through tribulation now? Well, I think probably more than ever, everybody feels the trouble that we're going through. And even COVID-19 aside, I think all of us continue to feel that pressure. Now, I don't know you watching this, what kind of trouble you're going through, what kind of tribulation you feel. Maybe it's a relational trouble. Maybe it's a financial issues. Maybe it's a spiritual thing. It's a physical thing. I don't know what you're going through, but I take so much strength out of these verses from Jesus because not only has he promised us saying, hey, this is coming, I'm expecting this. He also promises us that he has overcome the world. And I love that about it. And it really brings me back to hope and what you talked about initially, because I think we can only have that patience if we trust in Jesus and knowing that he is God and we are not. And so actually my family and I, we were watching the movie Soul Surfer on Netflix the other day. And in that movie, they used the church and the church used this illustration, which I thought was really quite fitting to this point. And so I'm gonna do it with you. And so I'm gonna put up a picture on the screen and I want you at home to guess what it is. So this is your time where you pull out your cell phone. There's a couple of options on the screen for you. And uh, tell me what you think this is. Is it um, text number five, if you think this is a carpenter tool. Text the number six, if you think this is a corkscrew. Text the number seven, if you think this is a guitar or maybe a piece of a guitar. Or text the number eight, if you think it's a refrigerator coil. Let me know what you think. Because the problem with this picture is that we are really up close. This picture is not taken from far away. It's coming really close, which I think a lot of times when we're going through trouble, we feel it really, really close. But that's why Paul encourages us and saying, hey, if you take God's perspective, if you move yourself out and have the whole picture, it's much easier to identify and to understand where our pain is coming from and what his ultimate plan is. And that's why it comes back to hope and trusting in God for us to be patient. Now, I wanna ask you right another question um, and let me know how you feel about this because I think we all are in charge to take next steps in our faith and sometimes it helps us to identify where our main troubles are coming from. And so um, do me a favor and just simply text the number nine if you're thinking the area in your life that you need the most patient on is at home. Text the number 10 if you're thinking at work. That's really the part that I'm so stressed about most of the time. 
maybe text the number 11 if it's in relationships with others. Maybe it's your family, extended family, that really that's the area where you need more and more patience at this time. Mm. Or maybe text the number 12 if it's just the world around you. Maybe it's in the grocery store. Maybe it's driving and um, seeing other people make decisions you don't agree with. Maybe that's the time where you need more patience right now. Just simply text those numbers and let us know so we can more efficiently be praying for you. Mark, do you have a number where I can text everything? <laughs> I need patience with everything. You know, th now Paul brings us to the idea of prayer. It's rejoicing in hope. It's being patient in trouble. But prayer kind of pulls it all together. We're still talking about caring for our own soul. Um, I love coming to Cedar Point. The, 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 the sights, the sounds, the, the flavors, all of it. Like I said, I grew up around Cedar Point. My siblings worked here. It's great. But I've always struggled with roller coasters, and I, I hate that. But 10 years ago, our family came here, and I thought, you know, if my kids can do it, I can do it. So I'm going to show you a picture of, of what they took of us going down the Magnum. And you can see our kids are just having a great time, and my knuckles are white. I am so scared. I am troubled. And it makes me think of life in general. Sometimes people all around us can be having a great time, and yet I am really going through a hard time. And Paul says, pray. Just, just keep on praying. But that can be hard because I could be losing hope. Uh, I could be coming impatient. Maybe I don't even want to pray because I'm not confident God can hear me or I'm not confident God even wants to hear me. But Paul says, hey, be consistent in prayer. Just keep on going. Just keep praying. Now, my favorite character in the Bible, I think, is the Olympian of pain who is Job. And maybe you know his story. Job went through a horrible, it says he's one of the three most righteous men who ever lived in the Old Testament. And yet he went through a terribly hard time, allowed by God. Um, but what I, what I appreciate about Job, even though he was about to give up on his faith, he was right on the edge of giving up on his faith, he would pray. It, points he would say things like, but to whom else can I turn? And he would pray. At one point he says, you know, just like gold comes from the fire refined, God will bring me forth from this fire refined. Keep on praying, Paul says. That's hard sometimes. Maybe I don't want to pray. or It's hard to pray. Paul says, Joe, find a place and pray. Just keep on praying because God will hear you. Now we pull all three of those together, rejoicing in our hope, being patient in trouble, keep on praying. Uh, that's taking care of our own soul. But Paul takes us to verse 13, which is consistent with the rest of the Bible. We as Christians are never to be simply buckets. We are to be funnels of God's love and grace. And that's verse 13, funnels. Exactly, and that's where Paul takes us next. Through verse 13 when it says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And that's exactly where verse 13 and Paul takes us next. It's very easy to become selfish in the times of trouble. I've never thought about it this way, but think about it. If you, Jay, drop a big rock on your foot, you don't necessarily think about it and picking it up and saying, oh, I better move this to protect somebody else. No, your inward focus goes immediately to the pain that you are experiencing, which is why it's so important that we need to consciously focus ourselves away from us and saying, hey, we need to care for ourselves. That's okay, but we also need to care for others, which is why third, verse 13 says this, 
When God's people are in need, be ready to help them and always eager to practice hospitality. And Chapel family, I can tell you, we cannot be more prouder of you and the many efforts that you've done for this community over these last few weeks and months. I mean, we've been overwhelmed by your generosity in so many different ways and seeing how you cared for people in our community. Anything from picking up extra food or grocery items or toiletries for the homeless people in our city to signing up to help us launch our services next back in person next weekend at all of our three campuses and you're willingly giving up your time to do that. You've gotten so many creative ways, even giving to our crisis fund, because we know that as soon as the crisis is, is going to start down, bills are going to be start piling up for people. So we want to be ready to respond. Well, over and over, you have done and shown up in that way. But Jay, let me ask you this question, because I think it's interesting when Paul talks about um, focusing on other people, he specifically mentions hospitality. Now, you know, obviously we can't have necessarily people over at our house because Paul clearly doesn't know about social distancing, but why do you think he mentions it? Yeah, so uh, back in those days, there were a lot of itinerant preachers, uh, people in ministry traveling around, and they needed a place to stay. So Paul says, practice hospitality. But it's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Hospitality is a picture of giving, being other-centered. Uh, think about it. Uh, the, the most common verb connected with God is giving. He is a giving God. And so whenever we give, at no other time are we more like God. Mm -hmm. So practicing hospitality is an illustration, an example of giving, meeting the needs of others. Correct. I think you're absolutely right. And it's all about generosity, which is why I love that one of our values here is that we want to continue to live generously. Yeah. Now, maybe you've not done as much as other people have, and that's okay because it's not too late to get in that game as well, to start helping other people through some very practical things. And I love that our team here at the chapel has put together a website, thechapel.tv forward slash local helps to actually help you find ways to help other people. Mm -hmm. Things that we know are needs in the community. And maybe it's as simple as sending a car to somebody in need, that they just need to hear an encouragement. Maybe it's tutoring a child over the summer at our Nehemiah Center in Sandusky in that area to help them stay engaged in their schoolwork over the summer. Maybe it's just simply buying some baby formula for our Abigail partners and our, our different ministries that we're partnering with in all of our three cities and communities. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's even signing up to help us open up our church next week and simply texting the word open to our number on the screen to let us know in what areas you are available to help. There's a lot of ways that you can still get in this game and follow what Paul calls us here to say, man, you gotta get in the game and I want you to be focused on others. Care for yourself, but also care for others. Because we can give in many different ways, right? It's our times, it's our treasures, but it's also our talents that we can give and sacrifice and serve other people that are more in need. Right. Now, Jay, as we wrap up this, this, this message today, um, you know, it really brings back the question of what area do I need to take a step today, mm -hmm. right? Because that's what we exist for. And so the last text that I have for you, the last opportunity for you to respond is to let us know what area do you want to actively take a step in today? So simply text the number 13 if you wanted to focus this week on rejoicing and hope. Or text the number 14 if you need more patience in the times of troubles. Text the number 15 if you need to continue to pray continually. Or text the number 16 if it's time for you to get off the bench in the game to help other people as well. But Jay, why don't you close us in a word of prayer? Let's pray together. 
God, thank you so much for caring for us, that you would give us Jesus Christ, give us new life. Now give us the wisdom to care for our own souls, rejoicing in our confident hope, who is you, being patient in troubles, being constant in prayer, but also refusing to be simply buckets, but funnels, looking for ways to care for others. Would you help us, please? Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, one of the chief ways Jesus gave us to care for our own souls is to remember uh, through communion, taking the bread and the cup, what he has done for us until he comes again. Thank you, Mark, for leading us.